check, check, check. <laughs> Thank you.
good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Um, got my friend Timothy Grove here, Groves here tonight, and uh, uh, he's been traveling, and uh, the opportunity for him to come down and speak opened yeah. up, and uh, glad to have him, and he's traveling with some young men that he mentors, and one of them speaking to the youth tonight and yes. performing the music, and so I'm just excited to see what God does, and so... Would you please stand as we go to the Lord in prayer? Are you ready for worship tonight? Father God, we thank you for this wonderful night. We praise you. We honor you. We lift up your name. We thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So, Father, we pray that you would pour out your spirit on us tonight as we lift up the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Take my place 
Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father, for that amazing grace. God, we thank you tonight for what you're going to do in this service, God. Father, we thank you for what you've done, Lord. that you made for us can never be repaid. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You hold my every moment. You call my raging sea. Nothing is impossible. 
the song that we sing God we need you more Jesus you're our everything you're our everything you are our everything we need you Lord God we need you more than we've ever needed you before Father remind us of that tonight even while the message is going the preaching of the word Father, we need you. Make us hungry for you, passionate for you, and help us to run after you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've been singing that song all week. I am not kidding you. That's so cool. God is so good. Well, thank you for coming tonight.
God is good and uh, excited to have my friend Tim and uh, you know I've Wyoming and that's where it started and then Washington he's come out twice into Washington and when we were up there or was it more than twice three. three times yeah and then uh, it's first time here so it's good to have him we got a good friendship and uh, he mentors a lot of young men he's got a ministry called Kingdom Builders Network and uh, so I'm gonna turn it over before that real quick we're gonna take up a love offering for him at the end of the service if you, if you can give you can give if not that's okay we understand do what you can. No pressure. Um, I want to bless him. I, if you make out a check, just make it out to him tonight. And uh, I'm sure you can, Time right? Huh? Time to move. Time to move. Make it. Well, I made mine out to you, so. Okay. All right. Um, just a couple announcements. Don't forget, if somebody's getting water baptized, we got nine people getting baptized on Sunday. Yeah. So I filled out all the baptismal certificates today, and so... Might have 10, depending on if this individual is able to make it. I'm excited. And, uh, um, and then also, don't forget, if you are getting baptized, and remind those that are, bring dark clothing. Yeah. You know, please don't bring any light-colored clothing. Um, and then uh, let's turn it over to Chin. Let's pray for you. Come on up here, buddy. Thank you, Lord. Would you please stretch out your hands towards him tonight? Amen. Father, I'm so thankful for this man. I continue to pray for his back as you continue to heal that. I pray, Lord, speak through him tonight what you want to say to us. Pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit and an anointing of your Spirit on us, healings, manifestations, deliverance, whatever it is, and salvation. God, I pray that you would just, uh, as, his, as he is your mouthpiece tonight, use him in a way that is the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Bless him, bless him, bless him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, it is a joy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I come out to Oklahoma every year. Um, so those of you that really don't know, I don't know how much Pastor Marcus has told you about me, but I'll give you a little rundown of who I am. My name is Timothy Groves with an S um, at the very end. It stands for special. And uh, I'm married to my wife, Bethany. Uh, this past August, we uh, uh, celebrated 26 years of marriage. I know I don't look that old, but I am uh, 53, and uh, I have four grown children. The youngest one, uh, the boy, is 20, out of the house. They're all out of the house. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. And uh, they're out of the house. And uh, now they started to multiply, so I got two grandkids. And um, and so I've, I've been in preaching the gospel for 33 years, um, pastored for nearly 15, on staff at a Bible school for a year, been traveling as an evangelist, but I started this ministry t- where are we in? Out? Okay. All right. And uh, so I started Time to Move Ministries on Mother's Day of 2010. And we have had a place to preach every Sunday since we started. Nonstop. Except this past Christmas fell on a Sunday and nobody wanted me. So. Testing, testing. One, two. Nobody on? There we go. All right. We're getting them up. All right. So anyway, so we've been, even in the midst of COVID, still preach somewhere every Sunday, still travel six months out of the year. So I'm on the road six months out of the year. So um, I am not the best looking evangelist, but I'm not the dumbest. And I've learned I can go south for the winter. So when you live in Maine, yeah. So January, February, March every year, I'm down in, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, sometimes hop a plane to Jamaica, you know, whatever. And, uh. I do. I've been there four times. And, uh, 
And then uh, I come back uh, to Maine for April, May, and then I'm down in the West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland area for the month of June, then back for July and August. And then right after our men's conference uh, around the second weekend of September, I get on the road and I do my Midwest or West Coast tour. If it's an even year, I take six weeks to go to the Midwest, about Lincoln, Nebraska is about as far as I go, and then work my way back. If it's an odd year, like the one we're in now, I go all the way to the West Coast and then back. So I'm on this six-week trip. We started September 10th in New Hampshire, and then we were in Baltimore by the next Sunday, and then we were in, where were we last week? We were somewhere. Oh, no, we were in South Point. South Point, Oklahoma, um, which would be, I'm sorry, not South Point, Oklahoma, South Point Church in Bixby, Oklahoma, just outside Tulsa. Uh, so we were there, and then uh, Pastor Marcus, I asked him, I said, hey, I got this Wednesday open. I know you're kind of the new guy, and sometimes new guys can't let people come in, but you, know, you think you might be able to let me out and come over? So he did. So now I got my foot in the door. Now you'll never get rid of me. I'm like a bad penny. I'll keep showing up. And uh, so we are working our way. We're, in, uh, we're doing a conference. Listen, if you guys are free this weekend, Friday night at 7, Saturday, 10 to 3, we're having a, a ministers and church leaders conference, but it's not just for ministers. It's for anybody who's saved, wants more of God. It's in Moore, Oklahoma. That's probably about, a, what, an hour? Yeah. So it's in Moore, Oklahoma at uh, KTM. If you're interested, I'll send the promo poster to Pastor. He can text you. Uh, there's no charge, no registration fee. We have a guest speaker coming up from uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. The guy that's speaking to your youth, Milan, will be leading the worship, and um, Jeremiah will be speaking to the youth. And so well, we're on this six-week trip, and we're going to go all the way up to California and back, and we're just excited about what God is doing. Uh, we were in Bixby. Now, you, you like football, right? But you like football. Okay, so guess who shows up at our service Sunday night? Dwight Thompson, NFL player, Super Bowl champion. He just got saved about three months ago. Yeah. So Pastor Marcus is not in the know. <laughs> He, he just got saved about three months ago, and man, he is on fire for the Lord. And uh, we just had a great time talking with him and fellowshipping with him and stuff. So uh, it was really good, and God was just moving prophetic words, and we were just having a fun time. So I'll introduce Jeremiah, and he's going to come up real quick. Uh, so Jeremiah is, um, Mylon, the guy speaking to the youth, is the second young man I started mentoring back in uh, 2015. Jeremiah is the fourth young man I started mentoring back in 2016. I have 30 uh, all across the country uh, that I mentor. One actually in Oklahoma City. And, um, and so he also brought his 13-year-old son, Nehemiah. That's the reason for the gray hairs. No, just kidding. <laughs> He's getting more gray on this trip. We don't know why, but there's four of us traveling together in hotel rooms. It's not easy. But anyway, Jeremiah um, has been, uh, really, the Lord's just been opening up the door in his life for him to do more. And I just asked him to take a, a minute or two to share what God is doing in his life. And then we're going to get to the word, if that's okay. All right. Well, hello. Uh, it's awesome to be here in Lone Grove. I am from Pennsylvania, a small little town you've never heard of. Um, my story is one that's just draped with God's grace and mercy, and I, I love to get to share it with people. Uh, I'm one of those, those preacher's kids. Uh, I, my, my grandfather was a pastor, so I grew up in church every Sunday. My butt was in a, in a pew. I grew up learning all about God, never getting it really, you know, I was never really committed to it. So by the time I hit my teenage years, high school, my friends started influencing me, and I just turned my back completely on God. Got swept up with drugs and alcohol, and uh, by the time I was 18, I was in so many car accidents. I shouldn't even have walked away. I shouldn't be alive today. But God had other plans for my life, thank him so much. Um, 
at 19, though God didn't cause the calamity, you know, sometimes he has to give you a little bump on the head and may wake you up, right? So at 19, I was with some friends, did some stupid stuff, got charged with two counts, felony one, conspiracy to commit burglary. I was sentenced to two to five years in state prison, and, you know, I, I'm so thankful. I'll always regret what I did to land me in prison, but I'm so thankful for that experience because that's where God started to really get a hold of me, started to turn my life around. Um, through my 20s, though, I had a loose relationship with them, still pursued the things of this earth, and how many know, doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't find happiness in things of the world, right? So a couple years ago, I just was at a place of real discontentment in life. I knew what I was doing wasn't right. I wasn't living right. I knew God had bigger plans for my life. And so through Tim and my family's prayers and support, I finally got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I want to do God. I'm 100% in. Let's do it. I jumped in, got credentialed with Tim and his ministry, and uh at the beginning of this year, God really started moving in my life and started opening doors. And so for the past six months or so, I've been traveling with him on the weekends, doing ministry throughout the New England area with him. And then God finally opened the door for this trip, which I'd been praying for a while for the opportunity to do this trip with him because I know it's going to be life changing. And so my wife and kids are fully on board with everything, which is awesome to have that support. So we're at a place where we know God's moving us out of Pennsylvania. We just don't know where yet. So this trip is, is going to be big in that. I know it is. He's going to open doors and talk to me. But one of the things that God has done this year is allow me to start my own ministry, Embassy Ministries. All right. Shameless plug. Um, so what Embassy is, is it's targeted completely at the youth, the next generation coming up, right? Because the world is just constantly bombarding them dragging them down, telling them, you know, wrong is right. So I'm aiming towards this next generation. If we can get them trained up early, right, we don't have to save them when they're older when they've already made mistakes. So I want to keep them from making the mistakes I made, and that's what Embassy is all about. So that's my story, and all right. Yeah, and Jeremiah is just looking for whatever God has in store. He's not sure if God's going to open up a youth pastor position or what, but he's just really open to God. Whatever you have in store, you know, we we want to do that. Um, so we're excited about what um, what the Lord is doing in the ministry. We've been, you know, just seeing God do some some pretty impressive things in in the ministry. Watching people getting saved and healed and delivered, and I'm trying to find my glasses. Um, let's see if I can see this. Oh, wrong ones. Yep. And found it. Thank you. Got it already. Appreciate it. Um, so one of the things that we do as we travel uh, to churches and we speak and we minister, we, you know, we do youth camps and we do um, camp meetings and men's retreats and all over. Um, we are not just an, ev an evangelistic ministry traveling to different churches, but we, we do a lot of different stuff. Um, one of the things that we do besides mentoring 30 young people is we have out on the table in the lobby are some brochures. We've partnered with a drug and alcohol rehab home that's faith-based, so there's no charge to go to it. You can show up, and, you know, if they've got an open bed, they'll, they'll take you. Um, and they run by faith. And so we have a jar out there on the table that anybody that wants to support it can throw stuff in. But there's brochures and business cards. Take some with you because you never know when you're going to run into somebody who's wanting to get free from drugs and alcohol. 
alcohol, and it's in Maine. It's a it's a beautiful house, has its own tennis courts uh, in Ellsworth, Maine, um, and so they'll you know help you even get there. We just actually had a guy from Oklahoma City uh, go um, uh, last year and was there, so we'll take him from anywhere across the country. Uh, in 2017, April 2017, we started Kingdom Builders Network, which is the credentialing department of our ministry because we have a lot of people that are wanting to to be credentialed for ministry, but for whatever the reason, they don't want to be part of a denomination. And so we help them get credentialed. Um, we offer school of ministry to get them trained and then get them in the ministry. And we have about 134 ministers in 24 states across America and 16, 16 churches that we oversee. Um, so the information about that is all in the product table, but uh, please visit the product table. Uh, on this trip, we're trying to, uh, the cash that comes in from the product table is what's feeding us. So we're trying to do that because, you know, I'm not paying these guys to travel with me. They're taking time off work to travel with me because in a trip like this, you're in a hotel pretty much every night. Down south, I stay in churches, fellowship halls for one month at a time and travel out and hit three different churches in three different months. And it's inexpensive. Going out west, it's, it's hotels, hotels, hotels hotels you know of course we're not staying in the hilton at all and we eat as many breakfast sandwiches as we can free the you know you know what i mean <laughs> but there are expenses to doing what we do and god takes care of it so we're trying to like say okay any cash that comes in for the product table we're gonna you know use that to eat so <laughs> so uh, feel free to see we have t-shirts um any embassy t-shirts that you get they're 15 dollars each that goes to his ministry helps him pay his bills while he's on the road with us but we have other t-shirts out there there's books that are five dollars uh, ten dollars just just go ahead and do that and um, we appreciate you checking it out. Um, I want to take a few moments tonight to talk about unexpected turns. Unexpected turns. Pastor Marcus has had some unexpected turns recently, right? And um, if there's one thing I can count on any time that I take a trip, you know, uh, on the road, is there's always an unexpected turn, right? I mean, just on this trip, the second Sunday canceled on us, half the church hit COVID but God got it filled with another church. I've been in the ER twice already on this trip from a pinch sciatic nerve kind of a thing and, and stuff. So we're just pressing through, but there's always unexpected turns, amen? And um, life has a lot of unexpected turns, right? Life is a big journey. How many, how many of you, your life went exactly the way you've planned it? Exactly. Life does not always go as planned. You know, sometimes it happens kind of, bad because of our poor decisions. You know, how many know you got possessed with the spirit of stupid, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you made some dumb mistakes and, and life didn't go well. How many know sometimes it doesn't go well because of somebody else's stupid decisions, right? And sometimes it's not even about what anybody else has done. It's just about, you know, just it's life. Stuff happens to us, right? And sometimes when all this stuff is happening to us, we tend to think I'm the only one this is happening to. You know, if I was rich like so-and-so, I wouldn't have any problems. If I was successful like so-and-so, I wouldn't have any problems, right? You know, if I, if I could just have their life, you know, how easy my life would be. And, and, and often we think about that, but can I tell you that every person on the planet, every person on the planet has to deal with the unexpected turns of life. Listen, the question is not, am I going to have an unexpected turn? The question is, how am I going to handle the unexpected turn? Amen? You might have heard of a famous movie director and film producer by the name of Steven Spielberg, right? Did you know that he applied 
to go into a top film college and he was denied three times? Did he let that stop him? No, he just took a low level paying job at a movie studio and just worked as hard as he could until one day somebody noticed him and the rest is history. You might've heard a guy by the name of Milton Hershey, right? Founder of Hershey Chocolates. Did you know he started three candy businesses and all three of them failed? The fourth one's been a sweet success. Hmm? What about Theodore Geisel? You might know him as Dr. Seuss, one of America's most beloved children's authors. His first book was rejected 27 times before somebody decided to publish it. You've heard basketball legend Michael Jordan. Did you know he was cut from his high school basketball team? He was told, you're not that good. He went home, locked himself in his room, and he cried, but he didn't stay there. Amen? And then you might have heard of a guy by the name of Walt Disney. Walt Disney was fired from his newspaper job, and here's the reason why. You lack imagination, and you have no original ideas. I could go on with stories like this all night, but I think you get the point, right? No one plans to fail. No one plans to be poor. No one plans to get divorced. No one plans to be jobless, homeless, or unhealthy, but life brings unexpected turns, right? Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, just think about that for a moment. A teenage virgin who's engaged and is told you're going to be you're pregnant. <laughs> if that doesn't, if that doesn't mean what? You know what I mean? But God had a plan, and Mary knew that God had a plan. She did not let the unexpected turn stop her from trusting that God had a plan for her life. And then even think about Jesus when he was born, right? Wasn't born in a fancy hotel, wasn't born in the comforts of a home, right? Born in the stable, laid in a manger. And then here comes Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and they're all forced to flee to another country and live as refugees for almost 12 years. And listen, the Bible says that Jesus himself was faced with the same temptations that you and I are faced with. So that means Jesus was faced with the temptation to give up, to quit, to become apathetic, and to become uncaring. And Jesus could have decided to settle for failure, stay in a valley of hopelessness and despair, but that's not what Jesus did. And that's not what other great men like Abraham Lincoln, Colonel Sanders, Henry Ford, or Albert Einstein did. What they did was they learned how to face the unexpected turns head on. They did not retreat into defeat. They did not fall into fear. They did not hide behind hopelessness, but they learned some valuable truths from the unexpected turns of life. I want to take a moment tonight to just share with you three of them three of them. Number one, failure is not final. Failure is not final. Just because you fail at something doesn't make it final. Did you know most successful people have had multiple failures in their life, but they understood that those failures were not final. Listen, the only way it becomes final is if you choose to stay there. Now, you may not enjoy where you are in life right now, but you don't have to stay there. You can get back up on your feet. You can put your hand to the plow one more time. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. 
You don't have to just go through it, but you can grow through it. And listen, it may take some self-evaluation and self-introspection, but it can be done. I mean, if you keep falling in a ditch every Wednesday, you might need to stop and look and see, why am I falling into this ditch every Wednesday, right? You may have to figure out why do you keep getting here and fix some stuff, but you can get back up. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 24, 16. He said, the righteous man may fall seven times, but he will rise again. He didn't say the righteous have it made in the shade and will never have a problem. He said they're going to fall, and they're going to fall repeatedly, but they get back up again. Can I tell you this? Anybody can give up. Anybody can let the circumstances of life overwhelm them. But true winners overcome the failures of life. Let me tell you a true story about a man that I know that you know who he is, but you might not know his story. Here's his story. In 1816, this man, being seven years old, his family is forced out of their family home. He's got to go get a job at age seven to help support the family. Then at age nine, his precious mother dies. Then in 1831, he tries his hand in business and he fails. In 1832, he tries politics. He runs for state legislature, but he lost. The same year, he is let go at his job. Now, he wants to go to law school, but he could not get into law school. So in 1833, he borrows money from a friend and starts a business. By the end of the year, it goes bankrupt. He spends the next 17 years of his life paying off those debts. In 1834, he ran for state legislature. This time he won. But in 1835, he's engaged to be married and his fiance dies. And it breaks his heart to the point that in 1836, he's so depressed, he literally has a nervous breakdown and spends six months in bed. In 1838, he seeks to become the speaker of the state legislature, but he got defeated. In 1840, he sought another political position. He was defeated. In 1843, he ran for Congress, and he lost. In 1846, he ran for Congress again. This time he won, but two years later, when it came to re-election, he lost. In 1849, he sought for another position in his home state. He was rejected. In 1854, he ran for U.S. Senate, and he lost. In 1856, he sought the VP nomination of his party's national convention, and he lost. In 1858, he ran for U.S. Senate, and he lost. Now, most of us would be saying, buddy, McDonald's is hiring. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But guess what? In 1860, he's elected the 16th president of the United States. None other than Abraham Lincoln. I'm here to tell you folks the pain of failing is not there to stop you. It's rather to produce in you a backbone to see if you've got what it takes to succeed. Because if you think failing is hard, try continual success. Because there's all kinds of untold pressures that come with success. And if you can't handle the temporary pain of failure, you will never handle the continued pain of success. So failure's not final. It's not the end. It's just the proving ground to see if you have what it takes to succeed. Number two, setbacks are often set-ups. Setbacks are often set-ups. You know, most successful people have kind of had to learn this, you know, firsthand. Setbacks in life are often setups in disguise. The thing that you thought was a stumbling block has now become the stepping stone to get you to the next level. 
It's kind of like a bow and arrow. If you've got a bow and arrow, and you got the arrow, and you got the bow, and you just put it there, but you don't pull it back, and you let go, what happens? It falls out, right? But if you put it in there, and then you pull it back, and then let it go, what happens? It shoots far, doesn't it? Some of you are in a place where you feel like, I'm being pulled back, I'm being pulled back. I feel like I'm being pulled back. Maybe it's because God is about to launch you somewhere that you could never go on your own. Amen? Listen, there's a lot of things that we enjoy in life today that are simply the product of a setback. I don't have time to give you the backstory in all of them, but let me just tell you a couple of them. Welch's grape juice, product of a setback. The invention of the ice cream cone, product of a setback. Ivory soap, Telephone, Gatorade, light bulb, they are all products of a setback. Listen, most setbacks have not come to destroy you. Most of them are setting you up for success that you couldn't see. There was a teenager by the name of David who had some older brothers, stronger than him, better looking than him, more gifted than him. He's considered the least in his father's house, right? In fact, one day the prophet of God comes to David's father, Jesse, and says, Jesse, Go get all your boys and bring them in. The next, one of these boys is going to be the next king of Israel. Think of how David felt when dad didn't even call him to the meeting. I mean, what rejection. That when somebody tells your dad, get all your boys together, and he doesn't even call you to the meeting, right? But listen, David didn't let that setback stop him. He continued to do what was right. He did not get bitter about the setback. He just waited for God to show up and show off. And you know the time comes very shortly. The enemies of Israel have gathered together to battle against Israel. they got a giant on their side by the name of Goliath, right? And David is doing DoorDash. And while he's doing DoorDash, while he's doing DoorDash, he hears the taunting words of Goliath, right? And something rises up inside of him, and he goes out and he takes that giant down, right? He steps out in courage with just a sling and a stone, and the giant comes down, and the enemy flees in fear. And the victory has given David some benefits. One benefit, he gets to marry the king's daughter. So now he's son-in-law to the king. Another benefit, he doesn't ever have to pay taxes again. I think I would have taken a risk. Hallelujah, you know what I mean? David's setback became a setup. Can I tell you that winning usually follows losing? Oftentimes the setbacks are just setups for greater things. So don't let the unexpected turns, the setbacks, stop you in your tracks because failure's not final. Just rise up, shake off the dirt, and move ahead. And this brings me to the last one I want to share with you tonight. Number three, I'll use proper English. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> but Yogi Berra would say, it ain't over till it's over, right? Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. There's always going to be forces out there that's going to try to get you to settle right where you are. There's always going to be people who are going to tell you, throw in the towel and give it up. But I'm telling you, it is never too late for you to become the person that God created you to be. Because the true mark of a successful person is they don't quit, they don't give up, and they don't surrender. Now, I live in a climate that does not support bamboo trees. Wish they did, 
global warming was real, we would just start selling them now and get ready, right? <laughs> but I don't live in this climate where, where Maine will support it. But let's just imagine, I don't know, does your climate support bamboo? I don't know, let's just say it does. And, you know, you go to the Chinese restaurants, and they got the little fishbowl with a little green thing and a couple leaves on it and all the roots, you know what I mean? That's bamboo. Let's just imagine I give all of you a little bamboo as a gift, and you live in a climate where you can take it in your backyard, dig a little hole, plant it, and it'll grow, okay? Did you know that for the first five years, you would see no growth on that bamboo? And you would think Evangelist Tim done gave me a dud. It don't work. Do you know what's happening in those first five years? The roots are going deep, deep, deep into the ground. Why? Because in the sixth year of a bamboo tree's life, it can grow up to 50 feet, 50 feet in just one year. And that's a perfect example of how it looks like everything is dead and everything is lost, and suddenly things start growing. Amen? Listen, it ain't over till it's over. There's a guy by the name of John Paul Jones, I think probably one of our greatest American naval heroes. I don't know if you've ever read the story of John Paul Jones and that great battle he was in, but his ship is fighting two, not one, but two British warships, and it's not going well for John Paul Jones. His ship is actually on fire. It is slowly sinking into the Atlantic waters. Somebody gets the bright idea that all of our British prisoners below, we should not keep them chained to sink and drown. That would be inhumane, so we need to let them go. So just picture it. The fire is consuming the ship. It's slowly sinking. All these prisoners of war are running around on deck, and the captain of the British warship shouts across the way, Are you ready to surrender? And John Paul Jones that day made his coffee with Red Bull. And he responded, I have not yet begun to fight. Woo! Huh? And in just a short moment of time, an early-style hand grenade exploded near a pile of munitions. It caused such an explosion, it distracted the British. The way he was able to get on the British ship, take control, get the victory, and watch his own ship sink to the ground. Mm -hmm. Wow. It ain't over till it's over. Colonel Sanders was broke and busted, ready to kill himself, sitting underneath the tree at age 65, writing a suicide note. But by age 88, the founder of KFC was a billionaire. A billionaire. Folks, it ain't over till it's over. You ever heard of a guy by the name of John Wesley? Founder of the Methodist Church. Sometimes we read stories of these great preachers and we think, oh, they're such men of faith. You know, nothing ever happened to them. Let me just read some excerpts from the personal diary of John Wesley. Are you ready? Sunday morning, May 5th, I preached at St. Anne's. I was asked not to come back. Sunday night, May 5th, I preached at St. John's. The deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday morning, May 12th, I preached at St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday morning, May 19th, I preached at another church. The deacons called a special meeting and said, I can't return. So that evening, I preached out on the street. I got kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, I preached in a meadow got chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose on me during the service. 
Sunday morning, June 2nd, preached out at the edge of town and was kicked off the highway. But Sunday afternoon, June 2nd, I preached out in the pasture and 10,000 people came to hear me. Folks, it ain't over till it's over. The life you're living now does not have to be the life you always live. I challenge you today not to let failure be final. See your setback as a setup and realize it ain't over till it's over. Because if you will partner with God, he will take you to the next level. I love what Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Greek word for saved is sozo, not bozo, but sozo. And it means spiritual salvation, but it also means healing, protection, deliverance, and to do well in life. Jesus has not come to just give us eternal life, but he wants us to have an abundant life right here, right now. Isn't that what he said in John 10, 10? I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. So my friend, life is going to have unexpected turns. And maybe, maybe you've made some wrong choices. Maybe you've made some bad decisions in life. But can I tell you, it really doesn't matter about your past or what you've done. Because God is not really concerned about where, you're, where you've been. He's concerned about where you're going. Amen? Can I tell you that you are more than the sum of your past mistakes? Don't ever let your past dictate your future. Today's an opportunity for you to get a new beginning, a fresh start, a do-over, right? A rerun. Most of us, if we had the opportunity to hop into a time-traveling DeLorean and to go back in time and could just change one thing, if somebody gave you that opportunity, every one of us would do it. Every one of us, if we could just have one opportunity to go back in time and just change one thing, we would all do it. But guess what? No time-changing DeLorean, right? We can't go back into our past and change our past. But what we can do, what we can do is change our present and be determined to deal with the unexpected turns of life so it affects our future. And guess what? You don't have to do life alone. We've got a loving God who's walking with us every step of the way. And one of the awesome things that I love about God is he's already been to my future. Isaiah says God knows the end from the beginning. Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans that he has for me. They're plans for good and not for evil, amen? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for you to have a bright future. Can I tell you, God never sets you up for failure. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That means no matter what battle I face, no matter what happens to me in life, I face every challenge from a position of victory and never a position of defeat. Amen? Psalm 108 says, through our God we shall do valiantly. First John tells us, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So can I encourage you to get your chin up, hold your head up high, get your chest out because you're on the side of victory. And when life hands you lemons, just make some lemonade because Jesus never promised you an easy life, but he promised he would never forsake you in this life. Amen. So we have a choice tonight. We can let our failures and our losses define us, or we can rise up from the ashes of defeat. Let me tell you something that has helped me greatly in life, and that's this. You might want to write it down. That's never confuse how you feel or what you do with who you are. 
Never confuse how you feel or what you do with who you are. You may feel like a loser, but that does not make you a loser. You may have failed, but that does not make you a failure. You are who God says you are because he sees you through the blood of Jesus. So every day when you wake up, you have to make a choice. Am I going to wear the label that the world wants to put on me? Do I want to wear the label that I want to give myself? And sometimes the labels we give ourselves are worse than the world's labels. Or do I want to wear the label that God puts upon me? Blessed, favored, trophy of his grace, workmanship of his hand, accepted in the beloved, apple of his eye. Folks, I don't know about you, but I want to choose God's label. Why? Because God's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. So you can either accept defeat or refuse defeat. You can either accept failure or refuse to submit to failure. You can either accept what the naysayers are declaring or you can reject their words of doubt. But listen, no one, no one can force you into failure. You have to freely go on your own. No one can force you to quit. No one can force you to give up. Only you can do that. So I pray that tonight you've gleaned some truth about how to handle these unexpected turns and that you're ready to leave these doors tonight, ready to accomplish the God-given dream that he's put inside of you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Amen? And listen, God's ready to go with you. He's ready to go with you on this journey, but he's not going as your co-pilot. He wants to be your shepherd, right? And he wants to lead you beside still waters. I love that 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, right? And he leads me, right? Where does he lead me to? Beside still waters and the green pastures. Don't you just love that? Keep reading. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How the heck did I get here? (laughs) The same shepherd led me. (laughs) Keep reading. (laughs) He prepares the table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Hello, how did I get here? The same shepherd led you there. See, if he was your co-pilot and you were the pilot, you never would have went there. Because we stay away from our enemies. We stay away from the scary places. But can I tell you part of God's design for your life is he'll take you into some easy spots, get you well-rested. He's going to take you through some spots that are kind of scary, but his ultimate goal is to get you smack dab in the midst of the enemies who said you'll never make it, you'll never mount to nothing, you'll never be nothing, and celebrate you there. That's like you winning the lottery, and the guy who hates your guts reads in the paper that you just won the lotto. You know how angry that makes him, right? God wants to celebrate you and, and, and just be joyous over you right smack dab in the midst of your enemies where it gives him all the glory, right? But if we were the pilot and he was the co-pilot, we'd never go there. So don't let him be a co-pilot. You let him be the shepherd and let him lead you. Would you stand to your feet? If our musician could come just real quick. I just want to ask you to take a moment to just kind of shut yourself in with God, whether that's just bowing your head, closing your eyes, whatever you want. But don't worry about, you know, where you're going after this or who's beside you or behind you. But just take what's been said tonight 
You're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're not broken. You're not a misfit. You're not damaged goods. You're not a washed up has been. Those are the labels of the world. You are who God says you are. And God has great things in store for you. He knows the plans that he has for you. He's already been to your future. He knows when you need to turn right. He knows when you need to turn left. He knows when you need to stand still. We just have to have ears to hear what he's saying. We have to let the shepherd lead us. If we'll call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be sozoed. And maybe you're here and every, every one of you are saved. Maybe you're all here and you have a relationship with Jesus. That's great. Praise God. But are you really walking in the fullness of everything God has for you? He has healing for you. He has deliverance for you. He has joy for you. He has empowerment for you. He's got a lot of things for you. But God loves us so much, he just doesn't force it upon us. He wants us to receive from him. So I'm just going to give you opportunity if there's things in your life that you just want the Lord to, maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe you're in a place right now where it seems kind of dark. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you kind of lost the joy of your salvation. Maybe you're struggling in your finances. You're struggling in your health. You're just feeling like a loser. The world just seems to be beating you up and you're just, you don't feel very successful. You just want somebody to agree with you in prayer. Jeremiah and I are here. We're going to just take time to pray for you if you want special prayer. I'm just going to kind of close in prayer and, and take time that if you want special prayer, come forward and we'll do that. And I'll turn it over to Pastor Marcus. He can close as he sees fit in the lid of the Lord. But I want to pray for you. And then after I'm done praying, if you want special prayer, just, just come on up right up here, right where Jeremiah's at. And we just want to agree with you in prayer. Father, I thank you for these people, people that you love. These people that you love so much, you'd rather die than spend eternity without them. And that's exactly what you did. Lord, I pray for tonight that the word that's gone forth, that you will take that word. And like an incorruptible seed, it's been sown in the good soil of their heart. It will take root, produce fruit, fruit that will change their life. We thank you, God, for this church. We thank you for Pastor Marcus, his wonderful wife and children, for bringing them here to Oklahoma. We thank you for this church. We ask God blessings. We speak blessings upon this congregation upon the vision that you've given them and the destiny that you have for them as a church to reach and influence this region of Oklahoma for you. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do tonight in hearts and lives for those that are going to come forth for prayer. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. every head bowed, every eye closed here tonight. I believe everybody's saved in here tonight. I know most of you, but I just want to ask one more time. Are you here tonight? And you, you, You're not right with Jesus. You need, you need to give your life back to him. You need to surrender. Are you here tonight? Everybody's good. If you're saved and you know it, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. 
As Tim said, as God has tugged at your heart, you need prayer tonight. You need God to do something in your life. Just make your way down here to the front. God's going to do what he wants to do in your life.
Anybody else tonight? All right. Well, let's close in prayer real quick. Father, we thank you for this wonderful night. We thank you for the blessing. I thank you for my friend Tim. And uh, before we close, we got to take up a love offering for him. Uh, Father, but again, we thank you for the blessing he is to us. Thank you for this opportunity to have him come down and on a Wednesday night and share your word with us, Lord. And so bless him and bless his going and this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick, if I could have a couple ushers come real quick. Uh, or one to help me with this tonight. I want to take up a love offering for Tim. If you want to give cash, you can give cash. If you give a check, it's time, T-I-M-E, to move, time to move ministries. So, and so we'll just pray over the the blessing. Father, we just thank you for the, the blessings you've given us. We want to give back. You said don't muzzle out the ox while he's treading out the grain. So we want to bless the speaker tonight with an offering. Uh, help it to multiply and grow in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. coming tonight. Uh, next Wednesday, I got to give you a little announcement real quick that I forgot to give. So we will be in the book of Daniel, but we are getting our carpet October 5th, and they're going to be putting it in October 8th. We will have a Sunday morning service, but not a Sunday night service because they're going to be tearing all this out. And then we will be, we won't have a Wednesday service either because they're going to still be working on this and the in the hallway. So that's going to be a two-week deal. So, But we will have church the following week because this will be all done. They're starting with the sanctuary. So I wanted to give that announcement. The carpet will be here October 5th. We're going to hopefully start on the 8th or the 9th that day. So just get ready. We're going to be pulling pews and stuff out. So God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight. See you later. Have a great night.